whole fleet of them. Look on the ASA. My gosh. They're all going against the wind. It was basically a cube with inside of sphere where the points of the cube uh, were touching outside of sphere. So this isn't anything that just is limited to the United States. It's a worldwide phenomenon. Hi everyone and welcome back to That UFO Update. I told you it wouldn't be long between these shows this week. I'd like to welcome straight away Dan back with me again. Hi Dan, how are we? Hi, thank you for inviting me for my uh, first time on the show. <laughs> yeah, and Dan does have his 1000 brown M&Ms and his brandy glass as requested. Oh, yeah, um, I can smell them, I'm, I'm doing it like wine, you know, smelling it. The reason you can't hear them rattle is he asks for them all to be individually deshelled as well. So it is basically like a kind of minstrel chocolate if you've got those. <laughs> so yeah, he is getting a bit big for his boots as we were talking about the other day. Folks, before we rattle into our breaking news podcast, I just want to give a quick shout out to our fellow UAP Media UK colleagues. Um, Dave Partridge has his new issue of Shadows magazine. Make sure you have downloaded that. It is amazing quality. It gets better and better. And there's some great stuff in there this month as well. As well as that, Adam has his latest article up uh, today on UAPmedia.uk about all the events we're about to discuss as well. So please be checking those out from our colleagues at UAP Media. Uh, This podcast forms part of UAP Media and also my podcast, part of the QTT Media Network as well. So um, all those guys do a lot of great work and it's good to give them a shout out too. Just before we get into the, the latest news, it has been hard to keep up this week. And it's thank you to those who have requested us to do these as well. It's nice to hear a few of you actually want to hear these. We don't make you listen to them, but, you know, thanks that you do. Um, yeah, so where, where do we even go from? Jeremy Corbell announced yesterday that there was going to be a UAP UFO drop at 8pm UK, 12pm Pacific Standard Time. Uh, that's on the 8th of April if you're listening to this in the future which you will be because this is the past or slash present. That's a whole other topic. That's another conversation. Um, But there's going to be something coming last night, basically, online. So that was for us to wait on. The previous day, we'd had the drop from George Knapp over at Mystery Wire, and that's where we uh, have a little bit of filling in to do since then because a lot has happened the last couple of days. Dan, at the time, myself and yourself, we talked about George Knapp when he last appeared on my podcast a few weeks ago, uh, or on the podcast a few weeks ago even. My podcast sounds a bit selfish. Um, and he had mentioned that potentially those objects that we had seen the the, the, the acorn slash Batman balloon picture of, it may, there were maybe multiple photos and they may all be of the same object. I did get that cleared up and George has since said that it is three separate objects and not one. That was that was fair, and it's fair to put that out there just now because a lot of people were talking about that, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that that has indeed been cleared up. Uh, George touched on it in his interview with Jeremy, saying that you know they weren't quite sure uh, when we spoke to George uh, whether it was three separate ones or the same. Um, it is three separate objects. Cool. Um, there's been loads of online debate, a ton of online debate with these as well. Um, the first one, obviously, was the the jellyfish as it was labelled. Um, and let's be honest, that could be um, a, an out-of-focus object. 
with the object actually behind it. I know a lot of people are looking at, is it a non-physical object or craft or whatever it may be? Have your thoughts changed or settled in the last 48 hours since that photograph came out? I mean, I, I tend to kind of, you know, speculation is great, but we've got to go back to the details we were given. It's called the sphere. Um, you know, that, that thing does look out of focus, but an out of focus sphere, like a star looks similar. So, you know, I, I am kind of assuming they saw a sphere and it's just out of focus in that picture. Sure. Um, second picture was the one we know of, which is the, the acorn slash balloon. I've spoken to a few people as well, and I'm never one to do the whole my sources say, okay, because that I could be anyone could make that nonsense up, right? However, I, I've asked a few people what they think about it, and they've all assured me it's not a balloon. So whatever that object is, isn't a balloon, and it just seems to be and this is and I've I've not had arguments, you know, I like to say I like to call them debates or conversation. It's all healthy and it's good to have a back and forward with people who have different opinions and have different thoughts on it. Um a lot of those arguments of this being a balloon seem to be based on if you forget X, Y, and Z, and we totally ignore that the some other facts and assumptions, you have to conclude it's a balloon. And again, a lot of it goes down to, yeah, but pilots make mistakes. Yeah, but humans make mistakes. Yes, but this didn't happen in a split second. These events happened over half an hour, 40 minutes. They are potentially, and I have to say potentially because we don't have it, um, there potentially is corroborating data that goes along with that as well that would be the reason that they did take these pictures and why they took these pictures with their phones um, again I mentioned to you before we hit record Dan we had the flair to go fast in the gimbal videos everyone complained about the quality but we got that quality because that's what was released and that's what was declassified we now have for for all intents and purposes a pretty much HD image of three objects um, one may or may not be out of focus and people aren't happy or people are claiming it looks like something that it, it may or may not be and this is this is where I've had this frustration that it doesn't seem to matter what comes out there are always going to be a portion or section of people now that are going to find fault or look to pick holes in it am I right am I wrong am I just ranting like like I always say an, an absence of information will lead to an abundance of speculation I get it I do but we've got to be okay with, uh, you know, juggling things that are not conclusive. This is this is a long path that we're going to be walking, and we have been walking for ages. You know, we're we're standing on the shoulders of giants who who started that journey for us, and now we're here. And just to be able to, you know, see these photos from the last few days in the video, I mean, goddamn, I wish some of those people were here to see this. I really do. Yeah, and what people should know, and I know, like. People are coming on and listening to the podcast all the time. You get new followers, I get new followers, and it's great that people want to interact with us and see our opinion, and obviously they see us based on conversations we have with all different kinds of people as well, and it's great. Um, you, what they'll see, and if you're listening to this podcast for the first time or the 50th time, we never just jump in and go, it's aliens, and oh, look at that spaceship, or look at that spacecraft. Or We don't do that, but we don't jump in and see an object is identified as something when it's not but we're just open to possibilities and we're just looking at, and I suppose this is where people do differ. One person's logical conclusion or that Occam's razor, as someone brought up with me, isn't necessarily someone else's. So for me, I'm looking at these things and going, well, I would trust the pilots. I would think that they are taking pictures of something that they they 
believed not to be conventional. And we now have this in front of us in a limited capacity that we don't have all the data that we potentially could, but that's because of the, the circumstance. Whereas other people are happy to go with to their logical conclusion that the pilots made mistakes, it's human error, of course it's not going to be something ET, ID, whatever, something unidentified, that it's basically balloons. And it's just, it's balloons or drones now, that's the obvious thing to go to, but they have as much or as little evidence for that as person B over here who wants to say it's alien spaceships. That's that's the way I see it, and I, I like to think I'm trying to stay in the middle of it, but for me, I still lean towards these pilots took this and it's been dropped by the people it's been dropped for, for a reason. Let me just share um, Sean Cahill's statement. I asked Sean, um, who we keep in touch with regularly. He's appeared on the podcast a few times, a good friend, myself and Dan. I just asked him for his, his opinion on this because Sean, I, I'd like to think we should hear from Sean more, to be honest, because his opinion means quite a lot to a lot of people. Um, so on those initial three pictures, he said... As the objects shown are unidentified and we lack substantial follow-on info at this time, access to pilot testimony or official reports from the Navy, we must turn to the fact that regardless of origin, these pilots risk life, limb, equipage and general aviation safety by taking photographs while on sortie. What the pilots were witnessing or experiencing must have been spectacular indeed for them to need to violate, violate protocol to ensure they returned with the data. And I think that is a fair point as well. Sean, given his backgrounds, of course, putting his trust in, in his military colleagues. Again, Dan, what, what are your statements before we move on to the more recent drop? In, in terms of kind of new information, <clears throat> there's two bits that, that stood out to me from this event. Um, the acorn everyone you know said had the same profile as the batman balloon i don't see those people doing the same experiments now that we have a picture that shows a different profile for that object you know we have much kind of spiky ears on the object from this new point of view and it's the same you know you can kind of put the frames next to each other and see that they were probably taken within seconds you know of each other those two photos so it's just it's it's not a balloon guys like let that one go um and, and it's then, also not got the same number of spikes either. And I, someone no, said, it doesn't. It, does, and I'm like, it, it doesn't. It looks similar. It does not have the exact same characteristics. Whether that's this, because this kind of speaks to what you mentioned that that people will go towards answers that they feel are tangible. The idea that it could be a balloon was probably something that was explored by the UAPTF. It was included in these briefings and reports because it is not conclusive that it is a balloon so to say that it is a balloon is i mean you might as well get a tinfoil hat and put it on because you're you're speculating quite frankly you just are that that's what that is um we don't know that is the bottom line we don't know and we are trying to find out the second detail um was about the the metallic blimp it has a slightly different name in jeremy's article it is metal blimp with payload now, payload's a new detail, so it means that something was attached to it that could drop off or that it had uh, you know, a payload of sensors or something like that, but that alludes to a detail that we, we don't see in the photograph. Um, so again, suggests much, much more data than just these iPhone photos that we're given. But the great thing about the iPhone photos is that because they're taken on an iPhone, they're not classified so we can see them. 
absolutely. Uh, and that's just something, obviously, a little detail that maybe people have looked over as well. On to the latest news, which, of course, is still connected because it's the same people. Uh, George Knapp hyped that initial UFO news. I say hype, right? He mentioned it because hype, you've you still got to address it other than just he could have just put out a tweet and there it was with no fanfare. It's exactly the same as, you know, me announcing that I've got an interview coming out on Friday. We just drop stuff at a regular time to let people know and as many people as possible to talk and discuss it all at one time because you're you're talking to people all around the world in different time zones as well. So it allowed everyone to gather in one place at the same time, which was great for conversation, okay? I don't see that as necessarily hyping the way some are going on. The same as you could premiere a, a YouTube interview. It's the same thing. You're just letting people know when something's going to come on. The same how, how way. How dare Marvel hype the Avengers? How dare well, they? Like they're a company. You and Mystery Wire is, uh, you know, it's a it's a publisher. Why why wouldn't they tell people what was coming? Exactly. It's it's their work. It's something they have done. Even this podcast we have put a certain amount of time into to come away and do it. That's fine. We choose to do this. We're not making anyone listen to it. We're not charging anyone for it. Great if they want to go and go and listen to it and get back to us and let us know their thoughts, okay? But it's not it's not necessarily hype. For me, they announced that it was like a day and the information came out the following day. That For me, that's following up on a promise rather than just dumping the stuff out there randomly. I don't see any issue with that. Some people have, okay? I don't feel they hype this weeks and weeks and weeks in advance. Um, so for me, I, I can't see the problem people have there. What happened though? So Jeremy Corbell um, let us know that it was going to be a great week for UFO UAP news. And yesterday he mentioned early in the day, uh, from a UK point of view anyway, I suppose late night in the States, that there was going to be a, a drop, a UAP drop at 12 p.m. PST or 8 p.m. UK time yesterday on the 8th of April. 8 p.m. We were all on there refreshing our Twitter feeds and nothing. And in about two minutes past eight, I jumped on his Instagram and it had already uploaded on Instagram. And then it came on the Twitter feed and so on and so forth. What we got was a video. And the video seemed to be through some sort of camera night vision scope uh, of a triangle flying over what appears to be a, a USS carrier group from what we've since learned does that correct dan yeah well we got a little bit more so we had uh two things or well, three things really so the the pyramid craft we got the video and three frames from uh other places in what must be a longer video or other videos because those frames aren't present in that that one short video so we've got the slide with those three frames and we've got the video and then from the USS Omaha, we have a series of frames what's, from what's probably night vision of a sphere going into the ocean. The crew searched the water to see if there was anything floating on the surface. There was not. They involved a submarine in the search for wreckage of the thing that went into the water, and they couldn't find anything. And so... It is assumed that it was a vehicle that got out of there quick sharpish. Okay, so let's break this down a little bit. The this information is apparently from briefings given um, to official officials in the U.S. government as recent as May 2020. Is that is that correct, Dan? Yet that is correct. And the the theme of these briefings was to discuss and to emphasize that we need to work out the intent of these things of these objects because 
these things are here doing a job. Dave Fravor interrupted the Tic Tac doing something. So there's an intent. You know, they might be a reconnaissance craft, something else, but that that was that was the intention of the briefing. Let me just give a bit of context. I deliberately and it was hard to, but I stopped myself watching the Jeremy Corbell George Knapp interview. A lot came out later last night, which is why we put this off. Um, just because there were so many questions coming out about this stuff. I've let Dan go and watch it several times and I've stayed away from it just so I can ask some of those questions that I can see other people coming up with as well. And that way I'm I'm not coming at this totally biased or having read it all and made up my own mind as well. I've seen the footage, I've seen the pictures and I've read parts of the article. The rest of it I said, look, I'll wait and let Dan do it because I knew he was watching it and I'll ask him the questions like other people who may want to know some of this stuff. So first things first, the footage. Initially I saw it, I was like, wow, okay, I, I don't see pyramids, I see a triangle. So why is this being talked about as a pyramid and not not a triangular UFO? That's fair. Um, so Jeremy talks about in the interview that <clears throat> the description of the craft from the people present described it as having uh, three surfaces and you know the flat bottom the producer uh, pyramid shape. Obviously, we don't really see that in the video, so we we have to you know take the the witnesses' details being passed on to us um, to to see that. Okay, that's fair. Um, the flashing lights are, are something that has caused a lot of conversation online. A lot of people jumping straight in with the. And the more skeptical side, and again, it's totally fair. Why would UFOs have flashing lights, and why do they have lights that are the same as a, an aircraft? And why why does it have lights now? From what I saw, Dan, the one of the early comments was it would be a reflection of lighting that was coming from another source. Yeah, that's correct. So Jeremy's words in the interview were that it the UAPTF considered that it was a, a light being reflected from another source. Um, handily that kind of reflection and glare catching um, kind of disproves the... the I, I've seen a lot of people talking about how the other triangles in the air are just kind of lens flares from that one and, you know, repeated shapes. But the fact that the other ones don't flare when that one does proves that they're, they're not the same thing. And there's a lot of people with a lot more expertise on this than me talking about camera apertures and part of your background, Dan, and your, your past jobs has been working with that sort of equipment. So do you want to talk a little bit on why the the bokeh, the, is it B-O-K-E-H? I only found out this word the last couple of days. Uh, previously, right. it would have been the camera thing. If, um, if you ever watch a uh, an, an Apple announcement, you could you could almost have a drinking game with how much they say the word. They like the word. <laughs> it used to just be called, you know, depth of field. So tell us a little bit about that because you you gave me a good analogy or a little description as well of the first film that used that sort of effect and whatnot. And I think that would be useful for people and give a little bit of context. Yeah, for sure. So when you're filming with a camera, um, the eye of the camera or the iris can be open to let in more light or smaller to let in less light that has an effect on the depth that you see in the image that, you, that you're seeing. Um, the first film to kind of break through that barrier was Citizen Kane, which made something called uh, a deep focus kind of photography. And it meant that you could have 
multiple parts of a frame at different depth and still keep them in focus, which was a, a kind of revelation at the time, because you can obviously have more narrative and things happening in the background and so on and so forth. Now, what that means is the the triangle that we're looking at is in focus. If you look around it to see the clouds and you know the little bit of the, the ship that we can see, you can see the camera shift focus to the triangle as it comes out of the cloud. There are bits of the video that aren't in focus. There are bits that are. Also, the zoom happens. Now, when the zoom happens, bokeh wouldn't keep the same shape because you're changing, again, the area of light that you're letting into the camera. So it affects our depth of field again. If you go watch the video, you can see it change from out of focus to in focus as the triangle comes out of the cloud. It's an odd object, but it's in it, it's fine. It's in focus. It's just odd. Why were they filming at all? Has that been addressed? So we know that the Snoopy teams were deployed. Now the Snoopy teams are basically reconnaissance teams um, that go onto the the ships and are deployed when they see something to gather intelligence using various different bits of equipment. Now, the fact that, you know, we've, we've had iPhone photos, we've had this kind of leak out, and Jeremy specified that it's not from a piece of equipment that means that it's classified. So there is an unclassified video or taken with, you know, nothing nothing sensitive so they can share it. I'd ask a question again. Sorry, you're going to have to cut this out. No, no, that's fine. What was my uh, question? There's, oh, um, why why were they filming it? So you were saying about the Snoopy team being on deck and using technology that wasn't necessarily classified to, to me. Oh, yeah, sure. The other aspect to this that is interesting is that in the interview, Jeremy, Jeremy mentioned the the guidance that was issued to uh, Navy personnel when it comes to recording and reporting these sightings. He mentioned in the interview that he has seen that document. Um, and I'm after hearing what he had to say about it, I'm kind of leaning, I, I'd like to see it because I'm starting to think that pilots are being told to perhaps record these things on phones, that pilots are being told perhaps to report these things as drones and UAS because it causes less fanfare. Yeah, and that's a way of getting this stuff out there, that you're not seeing any fantastic technology other than the, the camera equipment inside their iPhones or a pair of night vision goggles or anything they've been issued them themselves. And the other option that I find amazing but people still seem to be putting out online is that it would be better just to not have any of this come out at all. I find that incredible. I, I get I've got an interest in the subject, and you know what? Let's let's be honest. It's great for content for the podcast, but I happily don't release anything and just do the interviews if there's nothing to talk about. But I look at this and go, we're getting more stuff of unidentified objects, and there's there's as much to say these objects could be something exotic, you know. Like, and I won't even need to say the words, but you know what we're getting at, as to that they are some sort of top secret chinese slash google slash russian balloon and and there just seems to be too many people jump to oh it's probably secret tech 
and the age-old classic yesterday, and even in the one of the chats we were in on on online, Dan, a big group chat, um, the the TR three B thing came out, didn't it? And oh, the shiver goes down my spine as I, <laughs> as I say that. Um, it, it, because... it made me think of um, now you mentioned the TR three B. Do you remember Tom DeLonge's interview on Rogan? Like I remember that being a moment of a turning point in the interview where he showed that triangle as kind of an example of how that could look. Imagine he had this video to show back then. Yeah different conversation you know absolutely yeah, different absolutely. outcome and and let's think about how those navy videos happened you know we had the leak way back when and nothing happened on the on the forum then years later we had another leak that you know is the kind of whole ttsa new york times lose melon kind of affair then a few years after that the pentagon confirmed they were real if that's the trajectory and it's sped up from waiting for 70 years to get that to waiting for three years to get that or, you know, a year or two years, how fast is it going to go this time? I know some journalists that have reached out to the Pentagon for comment on this. I am very eager to hear what they have to say, because if they just go, yeah, that's ours, but we don't want to talk about it. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's big. And that's it. All I ask is, I, I don't need to convince anyone. I don't want to convince or change anyone's mind on anything. Talk about belief, and I've seen people talking about truth versus fact and all that kind of stuff. Just have the conversation, and whatever you think this stuff is, that's fine, but it is just what you think. Unless you built it, or you were flying it, then you don't know. Whether that's TR-3B, whether it's alien spacecraft, whether it's a balloon, whatever it is, it's just what you think. It's what I think, it's what Dan thinks, it's what anyone else thinks. But it's out there for a reason. Is there a chance that this is all being put that put out there as disinfo? Yes. Is there a chance that it's been totally misidentified? Yes. Is there a chance it's totally mundane? Yes. Is there a chance it's something else? Yes. That And that's the conversation. And that goes back to he who shall not be named slash Lou Elizondo said that we just need to be having the conversation and that's what it's doing. The yeah. the news networks are starting to pick up the story. Slight issue being, you know, historically on this day, if you're listening back, 9th of April 2021, around two and a half hours ago, Prince Philip's death was announced in the UK. I imagine that is going to have an effect on the, the news cycle worldwide. So... Anything. Losing a reptilian is always hard, man. Well, yes, we know. Prince, <laughs> you know what? And Prince Philip, for, yeah, for for all his faults and everything else, you know, he's an older gentleman from a generation that is that is almost now completely extinguished. He he had somewhat of an interest, and maybe that's a conversation for another time. In this subject, I imagine that story is now going to take center stage for the next couple of days or week at least worldwide so maybe that will have an impact on anything else coming out maybe it won't i don't know but that that story is certainly going to dominate the headlines over over anything else that that takes place so that's that's, that's understandable that that's fine as well because this is an active ongoing kind of investigation for a lot of people out there you know dave Beatty, um adam kehoe uh I, mark i always forget I, maybe palmer i always forget his surname um but there are a lot of people looking into this you know uh, everyone with the different angles all these details help fuel their fire and if you want to get involved go for it start digging it only helps even if we find out that this is prosaic and nothing impressive 
there are still a load of questions about the energy devices these things are using. They could probably help us right about now. Absolutely. And Dan, before we head off, you had mentioned um, uh, Jeremy Corbell had teased uh, a video potentially. Yeah, that's right. So in in the conversation, um, they speak about, uh, George and Jeremy speak about how they get all sorts of information, but they can't just release everything because that would be irresponsible. It's their responsibility to kind of vet these things as, as far as they can before they release them so they can kind of inform us and stuff like that. When they were talking about that, the issue of things being filmed on sensitive equipment came up. And Jeremy said, for example, if a saucer was filmed coming up real close and clear to a FLIR camera and then zipping off in an active war zone, that would be classified. So a little hint that obviously we know there are clear videos you know, the, these ships are equipped with things better than iPhones. We know that. But this this kind of proves it. Light a fire under your asses, guys. Let's go get it. And, and like I've mentioned before, and a few people had said last night about the, we still can't get good photographs of, of these things. People still can't get good photographs of their kids in the park. People still can't get good photographs of their new car that they have just washed or purchased sitting on their driveway. Things still end up bloody. So in in a moment of kind of panic or excitement for anything, when you've got that one second chance to take a picture, that's why these things can also turn out the way they do. I always go back to the same example last year, that Goodyear blimp over the New York Jets game. That was taken in evening light by lots of people. There was videos and photographs. People stopped their cars on the highway. There was a bit of a traffic jam, and they thought they were filming a UFO hovering over New Jersey. As it turned out, it was the Goodyear blimp, and at the distance it was, it looks like a rotating saucer, and with the angle it's at and the lighting. And that's where the, these, these debunkers, skeptics, your McWest, are totally right that things can look like something different. But there was a whole load of people with all these new Samsungs, new Huawei's, LG's, um, Google Pixels, iPhones, just to name all the brands, you know. I won't say Nokia's because, you know, don't know if they still have cameras. But they filmed that thing and they thought it was a UFO. And it wasn't. It was a blimp. And that's fine, but that just shows you that it's really hard to get good quality pictures or video of anything when you're not using professional equipment. And these things don't just tend to turn up when yeah. you're expecting it, which, well, not yet anyway. And that's where we hope down the line some of the, the more active scientific investigations that get involved maybe can get these things to turn up when they want them to. Absolutely. And it's been alluded to already. Um, you know, Lou Elizondo on Twitter alluded to a uh, a coincidence deployment uh, around the time of the Tic Tac, um, which is crazy. So many questions, but you know we'll we'll get there. We just kind of have to keep taking these breadcrumbs and running with them. It's great that Jeremy and and George shared this information. You know, it's added to the the story of the USS Kid, the the event with the Russell. I I think I'm ninety five percent sure that it actually happened later in the month than what's listed in the USS Kid article. Um, and was alluded to as a as a more recent event by by the the guys in the article. So we technically have a month with multiple carriers being accosted by really strange objects. Which, if that was a sci-fi film, it would probably be an indie darling and blow my mind. And it must have been so weird to be on that deck and see these things. So 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 weird. 
and I can't wait for these guys to start talking. Well, I've heard rumours that uh, Dr. Stephen Greed himself was on the deck at the time summoning these objects uh, for a very small <laughs> fee, and that's why they appeared as they did. Folks, I, I thank you. floats now. Oh, well, that's for the next episode. Uh, yeah, Dr. Greer floating on the USS Kid um, via night vision, and he looks like a pyramid. But folks, thank you for listening to myself and Dan giving our thoughts on this breaking news. Hopefully some more comes out. Maybe other news worldwide will take over for a few days. To, um, but until then, thanks very much for listening.